Hi there. Welcome to the Woman Inspired Podcast. I am Karen and I'm so glad you joined me. For those of you who were waiting for this reset, here it is. <laughs> Hopefully you can hear me better and things will sound great. But I will say, like all things, it is still a work in progress. So if I sound a little breathy, a little different, a little, maybe you like it, I don't know. Um, <laughs> don't worry about it because it tweaks will come and uh, I'm just going to give it all to the Lord, but we are up and running. And so I'm thankful for, for those who've been praying for me. I greatly, greatly appreciate it. All right. Today's podcast, the woman inspired podcast episode is called gimme, gimme, gimme. Uh, what does it mean to have contentment? So again, me, you, and you, and you, and you are hopefully going to enjoy this podcast. And hopefully that other person who hasn't heard it yet and doesn't know about me, but will when you share this podcast. So I am grateful for those who are sharing it. I would also appreciate it and love it if you would post a review of the Woman Inspire podcast on whatever app you stream through. Reviews actually do make a difference because the more reviews a podcast has, the more chances it has for the podcast platform to suggest it to other people. And again, in case you don't know me, I'm Karen and I'm glad that we're back at it again. It's been a few weeks of, again, tweaking, not twerking, tweaking, techno crazy stuff going on around here, but things are better. Not perfect, but better. And hopefully, as I said, getting better every single day. And before I forget, I'd love to have you do me a favor. If you're so inclined, could you please set this podcast up to download? And if you have listened to other episodes without downloading them, do me a favor, go back out, Click the little download button on every episode that you have listened to and download them. Why? Good question. Because here's the thing. As I'm working to get additional sponsorship for this podcast, those sponsors are interested in my number of downloads. Uh, but podcasting is an interesting thing because the only way to track it right now, uh, to track the so-called success, is by the number of downloads. And yet, if you're like me, <laughs> I don't usually download a podcast. I listen to it live stream or while I'm going somewhere. And uh, that does not contribute to the way uh, a podcast looks, whether or not it looks successful or not. So I have now started downloading the podcasts that are my favorites that I listen to from other people because that helps them. Um, I know what I like, so I seek that out. And when I want to, I just listen to it here and there. Sometimes I don't even follow, but those number of follows, those number of downloads and the number of reviews make all the difference in the world. So I'm changing my behaviors because I want to help encourage my favorite people that I listen to and support them. So I would appreciate it if you would do the same thing. So the people who are pouring into me, I want to help with them, whether they're entertaining me, sharing wisdom and love and encouragement or laughter. Um, so every time I download one of their podcasts, it adds to their numbers and to their success. Although in reality, this podcaster and speaker believes that I'm successful if I have reached someone. That's how I feel. If I've touched one person or encouraged them or made them think, made them laugh or smile or and, and I share Jesus with them, that's how I know I'm successful. Unfortunately, sponsors and people who might be able to help me pay for the fees for hosting this podcast 
do not see it that way because they have no other way to measure podcast success other than through tracking downloads across various formats. So the industry is attempting to make changes to the way they track podcast success. But until they do, please do me a favor and subscribe, follow, like, download, share, and please leave a review. So here's a little tip for you though. If you're in the same boat I am and you really don't want to use your data to download things um, as far as, or the room in your phone, make sure you set up your podcast app settings to download over Wi-Fi. And if you don't want all that additional space taken up in your phone, if that's where you listen to most podcasts, that's where I do. Um, then feel free to download it, but then go back out and delete it. Uh, the next day or delete it when you're done listening to it. At least if you have downloaded something that you listen to, um, I can get a better idea of what my true listener numbers are and what topics resonate uh, with everybody who's listening. And I greatly appreciate that. So I really don't try to gear my topics towards what I think someone else will like. Sorry. <laughs> no insult to you. I don't care what you like. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I really pray into everything and have the Holy Spirit lead me. So whatever it is that he's put on my heart, um, that's what I go with, but it still helps me to understand who my audience is and how I'm affecting them. So I appreciate it. In fact, I appreciate every one of you so much. And now internal drum roll going on in my head, um, on with the woman inspired podcast. Um, I am Karen, not that Karen. Uh, from social media, but just this Karen, the woman inspired Karen. All right. Today's podcast episode, as I said before, is titled, give me, gimme, gimme. And of course, of course I have a few pod quotes for you. So here's one, um, by pastor Jeff Eaton. And I researched the quote to make sure I attribute it to the correct person. And while it's out there in several different places, I see no other names attached to it. So since I heard it straight from him, he gets the credit. All right. It's not wrong to have things. It's wrong to let things have you. All right. And from David Levin, covet nothing, crave nothing, and celebrate whatever comes. This is the way to contentment. I love that too. All right. I remember when I was young and we were sitting around the dinner table to eat, those occasions usually were pretty fun growing up. We had a great time at our dinner table, especially when most of the kids in our house and and our various friends who were always invading us were preteen and teenage uh, at the time. So those were the, the my favorite times, um, the times that stick out the most anyway, um, is when we were preteen and teenage. There were four kids left in the house at that time. And in fact, there were four kids left in the house from the time I was 11 years old and up. So we pared down to three when I was about 16 as my older brother moved out on his own. But from the time I was 11 or 12, we had such fun. We'd have food fights at the table, mostly instigated by my dad. Um, you never ever said pass the rolls because a mini NFL style pass was headed your way. If so, you just had to be prepared. And if was and it was fine. I mean, it really was fine as long as we cleaned up afterwards. Of course, I know not everyone was raised that way with parents who would food fight, water fight, and mud fight with you. But many of our friends just couldn't believe my parents let us talk at the table because they weren't allowed to do so at their tables. And and that we could discuss literally anything. And I mean, anything was topic. As long as it wasn't blood and guts or gore because my mom would get nauseous. <laughs> that was not allowed. But other than that, 
we all talked about our days um, and what we thought and what we felt and about politics and it, everything under the sun, work, school, friends, play. And we laughed. Oh my gosh, we laughed a whole lot. I truly miss those days. Uh, sometimes a whole lot. So, but we had frequent moments when someone would laugh so hard they would spit their drink out. And as we got older, my, my younger brother and I would compete to see who would be first to make someone else laugh um, hard enough to spit their drink out. It was, it was a pretty fair fight most of the time. Um, but the reason these memories came forth to me at this time, memories I cherish really, is because I heard someone talking about being content the other day, being content with what you have and not letting the stuff, uh, you know, the worldly toys, money, fashion, bling and bigger bling, not, not letting it control us. I thought about how opposite of that mindset my upbringing was, um, as far as, um, letting those things control us. Cause we didn't, I never knew that we didn't have much money. I never knew that the simple food we ate around the table was so simple, um, or that there could be anything bigger, greater, more costly, or more expensive that I should supposedly desire. I just thought my mom cooked all these terrific homemade food because she loved to cook and she did. But, um, many other kids, no matter where we lived, they didn't have home cooked meals all the time. And, and I barely knew what a McDonald's French fry was until I was in high school. Seriously. That's just the way we lived. My mom made our clothing even our blue jeans. And she put these fancy embroidered designs on the pockets that were really popular back then when I was in high school. I wore the same kind of clothing as other teenagers, but my mom made mine and pretty much no one knew the difference, but I did. I knew that I could pick the design and the fabric for my blouses and whatever embroidery pattern I wanted on my jeans, but they couldn't. All they could do was pick what everybody else had in the store. So not only was I blessed, but I believe I was duly blessed because I was content. I, my parents were content. I never remember thinking, I wish we had more money or it's not fair that so-and-so has this and I don't. That is pure contentment. And it was taught and it was modeled in my home by my parents, by my mom who worked hard to take care of so many kids because not just us, but other kids who came and stayed with us and lived with us and visited with us. And, and by my dad who worked hard on shift work and hard when he got home. And we played hard too. We loved having time together. I mean, we would go chop wood to keep the house warm every winter. And that was just normal to us. It didn't seem like a chore. I'm sure it did to my dad since he was the one wielding the ax and the chainsaw, but it was not an activity that we posted on social media to just show how hardworking we were. It was just a part of our life. Uh, making homemade food, that was what we did. Not so much me because I couldn't cook worth a darn back then, but it, it was not something mom set a camera up to, to live stream while she showed how to make beef stew for seven plus people with less than a pound of beef. I mean, it's just the way that we lived and we, we, we were, we were content in it. One time, um, at the rowdy, but wonderful dinner table, my younger brother was not happy with what was served for dinner. Now we were never forced to eat what was in front of us. Okay. But we had to try it at least once, you know, one bite. And then if we didn't like it, we could choose not to have it. But I, I can't, I can't recall what it was, but one time my brother refused to eat whatever it was. And my mom said, you should be thankful you have food. Kids in China are starving. Okay. That was always the same back then. And I don't know if that was indeed a, a true at the time. I don't know if there was a famine in, famine in China at the time or not. Although I think there's 
consistently probably food issues in every country at, at various times, but it was the popular thing to say at the time. And my brother said, well, fine, mail it to China. I don't want to eat it. It was definitely not a laughing matter, uh, although a lot of us giggled. And he eventually did try it. He sincerely did not like it, whatever it was. And so he ate everything else on his plate. Um, but in relation to that, I frequently hear the common saying nowadays, well, we have first world problems. If anyone dares to comment, complain, show any dissatisfaction with life as it is right now, I hear someone sling out that, that term. Well, yeah, but that's just a first world problem. As if because we do have abundance in many areas, we can't ever have problems. Nope. Hope. We can't have that either. We, we, we can't ever be human and be dissatisfied. Nope, nope, nope. We, we, we have to, you know, every culture, every country, every people group in the world can have problems, but we can't. Um, we can't have complaints. We, we can't have issues. But everyone has complaints and everyone has issues. That doesn't mean we have to live in them. Uh, there are many different lifestyles across the planet, according to what kind of government rule there is and what the weather is, the region you live in, what the religion around you is like. That's the way our planet is. And I am 100% completely and totally blessed to live where I live. But that does not mean because I technically live in a first world country that I won't have problems or that I won't have things that I want to vocalize about not drone on about, but legitimate things I wish I could change or that I want to change and make better and different. And isn't that how we make changes for the better and we grow is by vocalizing those things. Again, that's not living in a pit of complaint, but my problems will, will be different than those who live in a village or in a desert area uh, on a different continent, different than those who live in an icy terrain or different than those who live in a metro, metro area filled with railways, subway systems, and really tall towers. But we still all have problems nonetheless. Nonetheless, God did not promise that we wouldn't have problems or face hardships because we believe in him and we love Jesus. So we can believe and love all we want, but that doesn't mean we are impervious to problems. It, it doesn't happen that way. So if anybody ever promised you that if you went to church or you believed in the Lord or you prayed that you wouldn't have problems, they lied to you. And I'm sorry for that. And maybe that's some of the reason so many Christians are discontent is because they thought, hey, if I love the Lord, I won't have any issues. But that's not true. But let me go a little bit deeper here and get to the reason why I titled this podcast, Gimme, Gimme, Gimme. Because my brother wasn't saying, I don't like this, gimme what I want. He was just voicing a dislike for something. If I didn't like my mom's stew growing up, then I was allowed to voice my dislike for it. And she would try to help accommodate me and give me something else. A lot of it probably at the time, depending on what we could afford. I didn't know that. I just knew that I was content. So today we're told we're selfish, self-centered, or malcontent if we express a dislike for something. But guess what? We are allowed to have likes and dislikes. And what I like and dislike will be vastly different probably than yours and yours and yours. What we are not supposed to do, and this is according to the Bible, by the way, is be selfish and say, give me, give me, give me. I'm not happy with this or this and this. So give Give me that and give me it right now. That's what we're not allowed to do. And what's happening in the world today, it's not just an expression of 
what someone likes or dislikes, but a full on selfish, give me what I want right now kind of attitude going on. Often followed by a, well, that's not what I thought it was going to be. And I don't like this now either. So give me something else that I want and give it to me even faster than you did before. It's epidemic. It, it's, is it merely a, a first world problem? Because maybe I, I don't live in a third world country. I don't know. Maybe, but I doubt it. You know why? Because God was talking about this very kind of thing way back when. And if you don't believe me, hold on and we'll get there. First off, though, let me share with you what it says in the Bible about contentment. We are given examples of what contentment is in Philippians 4, 12 and 13, where Paul wrote, I know what it is to be in need and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in prosperity or in want. I can do all this through him who gives me strength. So according to dictionary.com, uh, prosperity is a successful, flourishing, or thriving condition. So whether we attribute prosperity to financial means or to ministry or relationships, it means a flourishing and thriving condition. Who doesn't want prosperity in all areas of their life, right? But what Paul was saying is that whether he was fully satisfied or not, whether living in prosperity or not, that he could be content because in either condition, Christ was giving him strength to be able to be content. He gave him strength to do all things. And yet, though we have knowledge in the Bible and strength through prayer to help keep us content with what we have, the discontented gimme, gimme, gimme attitude problem is prevalent and it's rapidly spreading. I believe it's something we need to address on a personal level, without a doubt, me included. I know I'm not shouting at the table, give me something else to eat. I don't like this, especially when I'm typically the one who cooked it and put it on the table. But I do have times when I get something, food, clothing, tickets to an event, and then I am not content with that thing that I bought or that experience I got to have that I thought I wanted so much. So I easily dismiss the experience and blessing of it all instead of remaining thankful for it. I am much better about being content now that I, than I used to be, but it still takes work. It, it takes intention. So I saw a child in a dollar store a few weeks ago. He was with his mom and, and the mom was very young. Um, well, what I would consider a young mom. And she was tooling along, putting things in her cart and he was trailing behind her. I'm guessing he was probably about five or six years old and he started imitating her. It was really cute actually, as she put hair supplies and nail polish or she had makeup and temporary tattoos and other things in her basket. He was putting toys in it, crayons and then little books and then cell phone accessories, <laughs> feminine hygiene products, whatever he could reach on the shelf. It was so funny and cute. I, I couldn't help but stare. You name it, he was putting in here and it, it, putting it in the, the cart. And this kid was shopping um, like she was shopping, So she, but she was completely oblivious to it until he picked up something heavy and dropped it in the basket and it made a loud noise. And she reached over and grabbed it out of the basket and put it back on the shelf. He had a meltdown. He was screaming and crying. That's mine. That's mine. Gimme, gimme, gimme. And she told him it wasn't his and he didn't need all that stuff. And she started taking the rest of his things um, that he put in the basket back out and his meltdown got worse and bigger and louder. And he just kept screaming, gimme, gimme, gimme. 
And I looked, you know, as I look across the, the various media and social media today, I see much of the same behavior and attitude going on, screaming, yelling, crying, violence, or people who are yelling, give me, give me, give me what I want, when I want, make this law, make that law, give me this privilege, give me that thing, give me money, all of this, and give it to me now. This is what I see so much of. But God has let us know that we can and should be content, whether in prosperity or not. If our economy is not flourishing and our bank accounts are low or our jobs are not quite what we want them to be right now, it's okay. We don't have a right to look to the sky and demand from God that he give us what we want and give it to us right now. We don't have that right. We don't have a right to throw back in his face what he has already blessed us with. That came from his tender care and mercy for us, by the way. Just because we aren't happy with it right now in the moment doesn't mean that we get to throw it back at him. There will be times for all of us that we live in plenty and are prosperous, and there will be times when we have very little, whether that's financial and worldly abundance or spiritual in nature through spiritual gifts and giving and relationships or in knowledge and wisdom. It will come and go which is Paul's point in the first place, to be content in all situations and know that it is possible to do so because Christ is in us. With him, it is possible. Now, my grandmother used to say, it's never wrong to make do. If you think you can't do it, just bring your wants down to your needs and you will be content. Sadly, yet not unexpectedly, we're living in a time when the Bible refers to, uh, what the Bible refers to as those days. In those days, meaning the last days. Now, how many more days does that mean we have? That's not for me to say. I don't know. A day to us is far different than a day to our creator, I'm sure. But we have been warned about these days and what they look like. And this is what I was talking about before. Uh, Is it different in every culture? Is it going to be different in the future? Probably not. Because we've been warned. I think they are upon us maybe these days, maybe more fast approaching than we think. What do you think? Second Timothy three, one through four shows us that, um, that true gimme, gimme, gimme (laughs) attitude and what it looks like. It says, but mark this, there will be terrible times in the last days. In those days, people will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not lovers of the good, treacherous, rash, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. And the scripture is true. It's very real. We've been told this is how I knew, you know, it's not isolated to us in this first world country or in a third world country or to this age in this era, because this scripture is true. It's very real. However, as his creation, as his children, which is what we are as people who just long to know God and understand God and walk out this life. He gave us as successfully as possible and trying to flourish. We don't have to be lovers of self saying, gimme, gimme, gimme. We don't have to be discontent, never being okay with what we've been blessed with. We don't have to live lives of selfish desire, always looking for the next thing that gives us a bigger high and a better title or more glory and more status. We can learn to be content. One way to make sure we don't fall into the trap of constant discontentment is to heed the warnings in the quotes I shared with you earlier. It's not wrong to have things. It's wrong to let things have you. And that thing could be a 
anything dealt to deal with money or clothes or jewelry or status. It doesn't always have to be some bauble or some ring or some bling. It could be attention and social media and whatever it is that you are drawn to that sometimes takes you over. If you let yourself be controlled by and obsessed over the things you have and the status you have or the attention you get, you will eventually become discontent if you aren't already. It's not wrong to have things, to have nice things, to buy what you want if you have the money or to enjoy the blessings you've been given. But if you are letting those things control you or define you or be your status symbol, then those things have you, you don't have them. The Bible also tells us in 1 Timothy 6, 10 through 12, for the love of money is the root of all evil, which while some have coveted after it, they have erred from the faith and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. Pierce themselves through with many sorrows. You don't usually hear that part, do you? You usually hear people quote, for the love of money is the root of all evil. Okay, actually, you hear a lot of people say money is the root of all evil. It's not. It's the love. And I would say lust for of money that is the root of all evil. But the, the scripture says for the love of money is the root of all evil. But it goes on to say that people who have coveted after it have erred in their faith. In other words, errors in their faith. And they pierced themselves through with many sorrows. Yikes, that, that's pretty strong verbiage there. It's clear that we shouldn't covet what others have. In other words, we shouldn't desire what they have and be obsessed over making sure we get the same kinds of things they have or try to take what they have to make it our own. How in the world do we do that? I'm glad you asked because it can be a problem for a lot of people, especially if you grew up not having much or if you look around the world today and you get sucked into the fake so-called reality that shows us how many people seemingly have the perfect life with so many things. Because after all, that's the way it looks on a lot of social media, doesn't it? Well, don't you believe it? No one has the perfect life with everything they want. No one. Some people have never been taught to make do or to understand that it's okay to be content. They don't even know that contentment is defined as a long lasting feeling of satisfaction and peace. Do you have a long lasting satisfaction and peace? It doesn't mean you're happy about everything all the time or that you can't want change. It means we shouldn't covet something different or follow after and long for something different all the time. It means we should not so desire something else or someone else or some, some or something different or something seemingly better than what we have been blessed with to the point that we will sin and move outside of the life God calls us to in order to get it or steal it or flaunt it or take it for granted. And let me say from experience, if you choose to live a discontented life, because it is a choice, you will not only live a life of sorrow that has pierced right through you, but you'll live a life of misery. But again, it is a choice. You can live contented, just as Paul said. You don't have to live a life coveting someone else's spouse or lifestyle or their job or their looks or their body or their car or, or their anything. And learning to be content is the key to not coveting. Because remember my other pod quote, covet nothing, crave nothing and celebrate whatever comes. This is the way to contentment. 
And it is the way to contentment. The other way to contentment is reflection. Reflection on God's word, on the things and the people he's blessed you with, and reflection on truth. If you do feel discontent, then make a list of what you're pleased about um, as a reminder. You, you got to have something to counteract it, right? Something to look at so that when you start to feel that discontentment, that you're struggling with it, then it's rising up in you. You have something else to reflect on. My hope and prayer for you today, after sharing this with you, is that you will take time to slow down, be quiet, and ask the Heavenly Father to show you where you are truly discontent. Maybe you already know, but perhaps you need him to shine a light on what's going on in your head and heart. Take it all to him. Ask for that strength he has for you because through him, it is possible to be content and to not covet and to wait on him and what he has for you tomorrow and the next day and the next day. And just as importantly, it is possible to celebrate wherever it is you are right now today and whatever it is that he's blessed you with. Wherever it is he has you and where whatever it is that he's blessed you with, is for a reason. You don't have to be like the child in the dollar store grabbing everything he can just because it looks good, shiny and new and it's fun and screaming, gimme, gimme, gimme. I pray today that you and I both and, and you and you too <laughs> will learn that even one day with Jesus living as God calls us to live in a life of contentment is far better than even a thousand days living without him. So I appreciate you tuning in today. But before you go, I'd like to remind you that you can follow me on Instagram by searching for One Woman Inspired. That's the number one, followed by Woman Inspired. You can also find all my other, few as they are, social media links on my webpage at womaninspired.com. And hold on to that pause or stop button because I would like to share a little note with you about the Woman Inspired podcast's newest sponsor. That's right. I have a sponsor. Woohoo. Uh, access more. Maybe you're looking for more faith-based podcasts, but you don't know where to go. The Access More Podcast Network has over 40 shows on topics like religion, culture, family, entertainment, and a whole lot more. And they're adding to it all the time, y'all, with podcasts from Christian thought leaders like Christine Kane and Lisa Harper, Torn Wells, Bob Goff, um, and a whole lot more. Access More will give you a safe space to discover inspiring conversations about faith. And you know what? I'm just going to interject here. It really is all about a safe space, right? Because I've tuned into some podcasts that I thought would be fantastic. Um, and they might've been good, but it wasn't great content and it wasn't godly content like I thought it was going to be. So if you're a fan of this show, you will find encouragement, hope, and joy from these podcasts on Access More as well. So go check them out. Uh, start listening today at accessmore.com. And thank you so much for tuning into the Woman Inspired Podcast. Mm -hmm.